0: Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on this Fights and Football Friday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. This is the Fights portion. Or sorry, this is the football portion of Fights and Football Friday. My apologies. Uh, this is going to be a look at Super Wildcard weekend in the National Football League. Uh, we're going to get into the preview of uh, all of the games for this weekend, plus uh, going to look at the Caleb Williams drama that is coming out on social media today. Going to have today's ticket and uh, a bit of a career update after uh, everything that went down yesterday. Uh, you can follow me on social media, that's never going to change. I am at Klein Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, twitch.tv slash PK, and you can email the show, Couch Potato Diary, at yahoo.com. Calm. Um, if you're like, or if you're watching this, I really appreciate it. If you're listening to this, I really, really appreciate it. Um, not that one matters more than the other. I just don't like saying the same thing all the time. But um, you can, uh, if you're listening, hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you leave a review if you so choose. Um, and if you are watching this on YouTube, again, thank you. And make sure you like this video, subscribe, leave a comment, and uh, share it if you want as well. Um, so yeah. Without any further ado, let's get into the weekend ahead in the National Football League. A more prepared host would have his notes right ready to go. Uh, There we go. Let's get into the games first, and we'll get into the the Caleb Williams um, stuff afterward Uh, all right we start with the cleveland browns taking on the houston texans this line has moved a decent amount throughout the week uh with it now at the the time of this recording at uh, cleveland minus one and a half with the point total at 44 and a half there are a lot of intriguing storylines throughout the weekend but one of the ones that i don't know if it's getting talked about enough because of you know all of the drama throughout the weekend, and apparently um, the, the entire Northeastern United States just freezing over. I am so fascinated to see rookie C.J. Uh, C. Strout, probably winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, has been everything you could possibly want from the, the Houston Texans, going up against a nasty, gnarly, awful to play against, awesome to watch, and in execution Cleveland Browns defense you look at Cleveland's um defense they are first in EPA per play on the defensive side of the ball first in success rate they are first in both of those against the pass as well uh it drops all the way to 10th against running backs that is disgusting This has been the best defense in the National Football League this season. And while C.J. Stroud has been balling out, and this is not taking away from what has been the awesome story of uh, C.J. Stroud and the, the Houston Texans this season, but... This is a real concern, I think, from a, a Texan standpoint. This defense is like nothing that this team—I uh, mean, they—they they literally played each other. But Stroud has not played or did not play in that game. This team's defense is really going to be able to to ratchet up the pressure here against C.J. Stroud. And again, it's been great, but it, it is—I mean, on paper, it's the toughest defense you're going to face in the NFL all season. So obviously, it's the toughest defense they are going to face this season. But I, I just feel like. A bit of what happened with C.J. Stroud this year was quality of competition um, as he was able to to kind of light it up against some not awesome teams, especially in the, the back part of the season. But I think this is where a lot of the injuries to the skill position for the Houston Texans is really going to come out. And I think it is a, a bit of a problem on the Texans side of things. So I, I think Cleveland is going to be able to give um, the, the Houston Texans just too much of a fit on the offensive side of the ball looking at player props here I meant to do this beforehand um passing yards for CJ Stroud the total right now is at 244 and a half uh I am going to gleefully take the under on that one here well we'll just uh you know click on uh, click on one of those there um and add that to the mix for uh, for, for today's ticket. I, I just feel like this defense is really going to swallow C.J. Stroud up. When Cleveland has the ball, the offense has been better under Joe Flacco, but checking uh, out the numbers, it doesn't delineate too far from where the offense has been all season. They're 28th in EPA per play and 28th for success rate. Uh, and again, for those who are, are maybe new to the, the numbers, EPA per play um, is where you... Say you get the ball at the 25-yard line, that comes with an expected point amount, EP. Um... And if you get from the 25 to, like, a 25-yard gain to the 50-yard line, well, now that drive has a higher expected point amount, and so you get points for for that, and then it averages out over a period of, uh, over the entire game and the amount of plays that you get. So that, it, it just kind of shows, like, how well you're moving the ball. And success rate, if you get... Um, basically half of the, the, the down to or half of the, the distance to get for a first down, that is deemed a successful play. Until it's third down, then first down is the only success, right? Fourth down, I, I suppose, as well. But if if you get four yards on first down, that is unsuccessful. If you get five yards on first down, that is successful. If it's second and five, and you get three, that's a successful play. So that's th- those are kind of the, the, the really bad way of describing the numbers I'm using in this one. Um, Cleveland's offense hasn't been spectacular. Again, 28th in EPA per play and 28th uh, on the run, and both of those numbers hold up on the, the drop-back side of things. They're kind of middle of the pack when running the football. Houston's defense has been okay. They're 14th in defensive EPA per play, 9th in success rate. So, that they are giving up some plays, but it's a bit of a, a bend-but-don't-break sort of a thing at times. Um, so, I I don't know if Houston's defense is going to be a, a major problem for the Texans. I mean, when these two teams played, Amari Cooper literally set the record for most receiving yards in the history of the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, I just feel like both times, whether it's with Cleveland having the ball or whether it's with the Houston Texans having the ball, it is advantage Cleveland. So that's why I really, really like Cleveland minus one and a half in this spot. And again, we clicked on it there before. Uh CJ Stroud at under 244 and a half yards in this game. Uh the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City, four and a half point favorites in this game with the total coming in at 43 and a half. I don't need to go into the Miami, um, the offensive statistics they're very good. Basically top five in every offensive category. Uh, And when you look at DVOA, which is a a way of measuring their efficiency, they were second in the National Football League uh, this season on the offensive side of the ball. And fifth overall, even weighted DVOA, with this team maybe falling off a bit here at the end, blowing a lead in the division, I think it might be a bit overblown as they do still finish as the the fifth team in the National Football League, according to, to weighted DVOA. But Kansas City's defense has been elite this season. 6th in the league in EPA per play, 4th in uh, defensive success rate, and EPA per drop back. The the, the offense gets all the headlines, negatively and positively. But this team is in this spot in this game because of this defense. Make no mistake about it. And so I don't, like, quite frankly, a, a lot of talk about the weather. Not everyone thrives in the the cold, 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 cold that we have right now. My dog, who loves the snow, tried to run back inside when we walked outside today. Now it's not going to be minus 51 in Kansas City, uh, Celsius, as it is, uh, up here in Calgary right now. But still, not, most people don't handle the cold really well. There there are some who do, obviously, but, and certain teams might be able to handle it a little bit better. But overall, no one's looking at it, oh man, it's going to be minus 30 Fahrenheit this game. Fucking stoked, bro. Everyone thinks this is going to suck. You could move this game to Miami, and I think Kansas City still has the advantage because of how well they play on the defensive side of the ball. The one thing that I I think could give you a bit of pause in this game when Miami has the ball, the Kansas City Chiefs are 28th in the league in um, EPA per rush on the the defensive side of things. Miami has Devon A-Chain and... Um... And Raheem Mostert, uh, Mostert a little bit banged up, but HN is you know a fucking beast. So that would lead one to believe that this could actually be a fairly run heavy game for uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And when looking at what the uh, the total here for this one could be, uh, again, just taking a look at the uh, the live lines here while we are talking, uh, Devon HN. Uh, oh, rush yards isn't even available right now. That that's how stoked people are. On Devon HN's, uh rushing ability, but he is, uh, it's plus 225 to get over um, half a touchdown here. So, interesting look for uh, for, for Devon Achan uh, fans in this game, but uh, the, the odd source that I use doesn't even have rushing yards available. I think it's going to be a big Devon Achan game. Um, I, I just, I do think this defense is going to be able to get pressure on Tua quickly, and he doesn't handle that really, really well. He gets the excuse me, gets the ball out quicker than any quarterback in the NFL. And because you have Tyreek Hill, um, he's burning down the field. And so the average depth of target is also insanely good for how quickly he is able to to throw the football. It it just... This pass rush is going to be, I think, too much for Miami to handle, and I think this defense is going to be able to bottle up Tyreek Hill. I think it could be a big 8 chant day, but I I don't know if it matters. On the defensive side, the numbers are a little bit skewed because uh, Bradley Chubb is not going to be there. A a number of injuries, on the defensive side of the ball for Vic Fangio's defense to to have to deal with. They do finish the season 15th in defensive EPA per play and 19th in defensive efficiency. While it has been a frustrating year for the Kansas City Chiefs, you are being compared to a historically great offense. And I'm not saying, you know what, Kadarius Tony actually was awesome, but... This is still the 8th ranked offense in terms of efficiency, and they finished 11th in EPA per play. So, not the dominant Patrick Mahomes, oh my god, this is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen in our entire lives offense, but still pretty good. And I think people just need to, when it comes to this offense, just a nice little exhale to, to get it out there, because... This offense can still move the ball. And I am of the belief that they were kind of saving Travis Kelsey for the playoffs. And I I think he is going to find another gear here. And instead of like, all right, let's spread it around, try to get these guys involved. I think it's going to be a heavy diet of what works. And it's going to be Pacheco, it's going to be Rice, and it's going to be mainly Travis Kelsey. And I think that's going to be enough. To, to get by Miami here in this spot. Uh, I think because of the elite defense, Kansas City takes this one, minus four and a half. I am also taking the under in this game. I think it is really weird that there is, yo, you know what? Miami, they don't handle the, the cold very well, that this team isn't gonna be able to move the football. But yeah, I could see a total of around 45. Those, the, those two handicaps don't work. I like the under in this spot. Moving to Saturday, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Buffalo Bills. The total, or the the points for this game, it is Buffalo minus nine and a half. The total has moved from um, 46 and a half, uh, I believe was where it was sitting at one point. Uh, It is now down to at uh, live look here. that This game is on Sunday, not Saturday. Good work, Peter. Uh, The total is now at 34, with uh, some spots giving it at 33 and a half. Just an absurdly quick turnaround because it looks fucking miserable out in Buffalo right now. The the the, the, the stadium is basically just an entire snowfield at this point. It is covered in snow out in Buffalo. And one of the critiques of this Buffalo Bills team is that they have built a team that is really good not in Buffalo. Like, they, 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 this would be a great indoor track team or warm weather team, but this is not, it's cold outside, let's just smash, bing, bang, boom, and try to get the job done. And you are going up against a Pittsburgh Steelers team. Yes, TJ Watt is out. And that is a big loss on this team, 100%, there's no question about it. This is still a good defense. 7th in the league in defensive EPA per play. Uh, They finished 6th in defensive efficiency. A lot of that is TJ Watt, but not all of it is TJ Watt. I just worry that Buffalo isn't going to be able to move the football as well as maybe people think they are going to. It's been a great run to to get here, but it it hasn't been... Like, when you go through each game, it hasn't really been the offensive onslaught that people maybe think it is... Sorry, that people maybe think it was. So, I... While I think Buffalo takes this game, I don't think it's going to be cruise control on offense the way people think it's going to be. Buffalo's defense, on the other hand, has played pretty well this year. 11th in defensive EPA per play. Uh, They finished 7th in defensive EPA per dropback. Going up against a a Pittsburgh team that has struggled offensively, but has looked better over the last couple of weeks with Mason Rudolph um, at the, the quarterback spot and a new offensive coordinator in tow. I don't think Pittsburgh wins this game. I want to be very clear about that. But I don't think this is going to be the blowout that everyone expects it to be. I think it's insanity, again, that the total, or yeah, the point total has moved significantly. And the spread hasn't moved an inch. And so like Buffalo was expected to win by 10 points when 43 points were going to be scored in this game. But now that less points are going to be scored, Buffalo is still going to win by 10. It it just, the the math isn't mathing for me. So I think there's value in Pittsburgh plus nine and a half in this spot um I I just I I think Buffalo while they play in Buffalo is not built to play in Buffalo and so I do think that this is not going to be the offensive onslaught uh, against this poor helpless Pittsburgh Steelers team that everyone thinks it's going to be so we're going to go Pittsburgh plus nine and a half Continuing on, on uh, the Sunday slate, it is the Green Bay Packers taking on the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by six and a half points, with a total in the 50s, thank God, at 50 and a half. While we're worried about weather in the other games, this one's indoors, and even if it's not, it's in Arlington, Texas, which is pretty nice. The Green Bay Packer offense has been moving the football much more effectively in the second half of this season. They finished the year 5th in EPA per play, 8th in success rate, 4th in EPA per dropback. This team is slinging the ball. Jordan Love has figured something out coming off of um, basically after that game against the Raiders. It feels like things have really turned around here for Jordan Love and for this offense. I believe they're going to have a, a full slate at, at the running back spot this is going to be an offense that is going to be able to, to sling the ball and move it downfield. The issue, you're going up against a real good defense in the Dallas Cowboys. They are fourth in defensive EPA per play, fifth in defensive success rate. Um, Now a lot of that is against the run. They are, th- um, or sorry, a lot of that is against the pass. 10th in uh defensive success rate, 10th in uh success rate per drop back as well, and 10th in rush EPA per play. The interesting one, 32nd in rush success rate. That's one of those outliers where it's just, it might be an outlier. But I do wonder if Aaron Jones has a bit more success in this game than people maybe give them credit for. I think Green Bay is going to be able to move the ball a little bit. I just don't know if it's going to be enough because this Dallas off or this Dallas defense is really good, and this Dallas offense is really good. They finished second in EPA per play, uh, ninth in efficiency. This is the fourth ranked team in weighted DVOA overall. This is a complete Dallas Cowboys team. It's why we've talked about kind of Super Bowl or bust, or at least NFC Championship game or bust for the Dallas Cowboys because this is such a complete team. And the problem is three quarters of the, the units in this game look really good. Green Bay's offense, Dallas's defense, Dallas's offense. The thing that's not mentioned there is Green Bay's defense. They finished 23rd in defensive EPA per play, 27th in defensive efficiency. They are just not good enough to slow down the Dallas Cowboys. This feels like a game where Green Bay is going to have to get points on like every possession to be able to keep up with the Cowboys, and I think Dallas is going to be able to get enough spots to hold that off. I do think... Things are looking up in Green Bay, but this is not their year. Um, Many, many a dollar has been lost betting on the Dallas Cowboys in the postseason. And if it doesn't work out again, many more will be because I'm going Cowboys minus six and a half. And then uh, the main event of the weekend before we get to the Monday nighter. We'll be waiting all day for Sunday night with the Rams taking on the Detroit Lions. Detroit favored by three points in this game. Uh, the total is at 51.5, another one that is indoors. We know all of the storylines going into this game. It is the Lions' first home game in 30 years. And look, when Matthew Stafford was drafted, if you would have said, look, Matthew Stafford is going to be the quarterback, uh, is going to be a starting quarterback in the first Lions home game in, uh, in the postseason since 1993, you'd be like, oh yeah, bet 100%. It's going to be for the L.A. Rams, and then you'd be like, L.A.? It's like, just follow me. Um, and uh, you're going to have Jared Goff as, as your quarterback. Now, there'd be a lot there that someone in 2009 wouldn't know, such as the existence of Jared Goff, or that the, the Rams are now in Los Angeles. But it is quite the full circle moment, and it's so perfect that it's Matthew Stafford playing as the opposition in this first home playoff game for, um, for Detroit, I do wonder if he's going to rain on the parade a little bit. That is, I think, the biggest matchup of this game. Detroit's defense is not good. They are 25th in defensive EPA per dropback and um, in dropback success rate. They give up a ton through the air. And this Rams team gets a ton through the air. I think it's going to be a big game for Puka. I think it's going to be a big game for, for Cooper Cup. And I just don't know. If Detroit's defense is going to be able to slow down this LA Rams offense, when Detroit has the ball, they have been playing a bit more effectively. There was a part in the middle of the season where Jared Goff was really struggling with turnovers and was kind of looking like the the Jared Goff that the Rams traded to try to go out and win a Super Bowl, that successfully tried to win a Super Bowl. It has not been, um, it has not been that over the last little bit here for Jared Goff. He has done a very good job of turning this thing around. The Rams' defense isn't great. Uh, They finished 22nd in defensive efficiency, while Detroit does actually finish 13th in defensive efficiency. But I I think that one is skewed a little bit by uh, playing a, a few teams that offenses weren't all that great at the time. So, I... I'm going with the upset pick here. I'm going Ram's Money Line uh, at, at the time that I took my notes here, plus 140, uh, taking a, a look live as live as I'm recording it. Uh, you can still get Rams at plus 140, that that is still the number. Uh, also, there are some shops you can get Rams past the key number of three at plus three and a half. So if that tickles your fancy at all, uh, maybe go with that one as well. And then Monday Night Football. To close out wildcard weekend. First off, may I just say I hate that there's a Monday nighter. Um, I, I think giving a team a rest disadvantage in the postseason is criminal. Um, while you're already having to do that with the Saturday Sunday split, having it on Monday as well just it, it just doesn't feel right to me. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, give ESPN one of the primetime slots and move it along that way. But I, I I just I don't like that there's a Monday nighter. It's going to be interesting, as it's the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Philadelphia closes, or not closes, but uh, closes before the show as a three-point favorite with the total at 43.5. I think you can throw the stats out the window. Philadelphia's offense has simply not been good enough over the last little bit, and their defense has allowed everything to get into their end zone. It is a big problem. Um you have Matt Patricia on the defensive side calling plays and they haven't been able to stop a nosebleed. Tampa Bay on the offense, look, they only scored 9 against Carolina last week, so that is obviously a concern, but when they get rolling, it's a whole lot of fun. Now Baker Mayfield may be a little bit banged up in this game, but out of the backfield, he can still pass it to pass-catching Dynamo Rashad White. Um, you have Mike Evans, who was a beast again this season, and Godwin, who can be an X factor. I don't know if Tampa Bay wins this one straight up, but too many of the signs for me point toward Tampa Bay covering plus three. My little, little sprinkle, little sprinkle on uh, Tampa Bay money line in this one as well. So those are the picks for uh, the, the the super wildcard weekend. In the NFL, quickly on uh, the Caleb Williams situation, just an, um, a, a I don't want to say a blockbuster tweet, but a, a tweet that I think a lot of people were maybe bracing for a little bit here. Um, I just want to uh, to pull up the the exact verbiage and and get the uh, the, the right uh, source here from Wesley Steinberg, um, New York or NFL and New York Giants insider. Uh, he tweeted out four hours ago at the time of this recording. Uh, Kayla, breaking, USC quarterback Kayla Williams wants assurances the Chicago Bears will be trading the first overall pick before declaring for the draft. Williams and his camp have no interest in playing for Chicago. Now, there are um, people who are out there discrediting this report. If it is true, it's a bit of a disaster for the Bears because then, like, it takes a lot of their trade leverage away when teams are saying like, oh, well, you kind of have to trade this pick now. We haven't seen this in a really, really long time. Uh, the, the last one off the top of my head, I can remember, is Eli Manning doing this. Now, we, we, we've seen it before. It, it has happened. It's not the most common thing, especially in, in this era here in the NFL, but it, it has happened. If you are the Bears, I would have been leaning towards trading this pick anyway. I think you have something in Justin Fields. To the point where I don't think quarterback is a p- position of need. Now, I get not having Fields' um, money on the books is going to help, but he's also not all that expensive right now. So. To me, you flip this pick, get just a boatload of, of draft draft capital back and maybe a couple of assets as well. Um, They've already done this once, that's how they're in this spot. Do that again and load up your team one more time and fill a lot of the needs that you have. I, I just, I would have done this before the, the Caleb Williams headache. Does this lower my stock on Caleb Williams? Not in the slightest. Um, This is the only leverage a kid in the draft has at this point. Um. If I'm the Bears, like, he booed this kid for the the entirety of his NFL career, unless he comes out and, and discredits this rumor. But, no, I, I don't have a problem with Caleb Williams doing this type of thing. We have seen it before, just not overly recently. If I'm the Bears, I, I was probably looking at moving this pick anyway. Uh, all right, one more thing to do on this portion of the show. Uh, it's time for today's ticket. <laughs> All right, we have uh, a number of items on the ticket right now. One of them, uh, we will do a, a today's ticket for the fights, um, the fight preview coming up here on part two of this one. So stay tuned for that. Um, but in terms of this one, we are just doing the football stuff here. We have the Cleveland Browns, minus one and a half. We're getting that at minus 115 right now. Went through the reasons before. I just think both sides of the ball, Cleveland's just a little bit better right now or in a better spot anyway than the Houston Texans are. And because of that, we are going C.J. Stroud under 244 passing yards at minus 110. Um, we are going under in Kansas City against Miami. Again, I don't know why I'm saying we. It's it's me and a Yoda thing back there. Uh, but we're going under. Kansas City, Miami, 43.5, as well as Kansas City, minus 4.5 in in this game. Again, I think some of it's a bit overblown on what Miami can and can't do, but I, I think, again, Kansas City just a little bit better. Green Bay, we're going the Packers minus six and a half, or sorry, we're going the Cowboys minus six and a half against Green Bay, just because of the problems on the Green Bay defensive side of things. And we're going the Rams for the upset, plus 140 LA Rams to beat the Detroit Lions. So that is at least part of today's ticket uh just wanted to address things uh before we go if you guys have been listening for any amount of time uh you'll notice that a lot of times i say hey uh if you want more flames talk uh you can find me on game over well that is uh, no longer the case as game over was uh put away for now as i was laid off from sdpn and it's i, I went through all of the emotions yesterday um when something like this happens in my immediate first reaction and just where my brain went to was like, man, I didn't do enough. Like the, there was, the, I I guess I wasn't the guy they needed me to be. And that is a real difficult pill to swallow. And then you get into to more of the like, you know, F this, F that, F them, F everyone thing. And that's not the, the most productive place to be. Um, it came completely out of nowhere, at least for me. Uh, I don't know if others read the tea leaves, but everything I had heard was just kind of basically like, trust the process, trust the process, just focus on putting a good product out and that'll be that. Just do this, that, and the other thing. And um, just don't, don't focus on this, just focus on putting a, a good show together, and I, I thought we were doing that, um, I, like, the, the numbers are out there, you can look at it. it, it wasn't growing the way we thought it would, and the way we wanted it to, and that was frustrating, but every message we were kind of given was don't look at that, just you're putting on a good product, trust that, and we'll, we, we will move it forward, and then um, out of nowhere it was gone, and it sucks, and the, the disappointing well, there's a number of disappointing things, but I so believed in the vision of, um, game over and I, the, the talent there is unbelievable. The, the amount of people that were there and you just like, you, you start to piece together what everyone was doing and like the, the amount of, I, I don't want to single people out, but there, there were people who were like going above and beyond helping on the technical side and learning things on that basically on the fly and basically like learning from like a bit of a, obviously uh, intellectual background, but also like YouTube videos and reading stuff online and turning themselves into kind of our IT department and people going above and beyond, hosting a, a variety of different shows. You just, you, you believed in the talent and everyone was pulling in the same direction. And again, believed in the, the message and the community we were trying to build. And so to be so excited about a vision and so excited about a direction and so excited about a talent roster, and then to have it just be like, well, it's not working by. Um, that is going to sting for a very long time. I, I said it in, in a couple of different spots. This, this one affected me more than the last time I got let go. When, when Sportsnet 960, um, let me go due to the, uh, changing network of the broadcasting industry. I think it was how it was phrased to me. So, the, but this one, like, that one, at that point, I think I was more ready for it to be done than I was even letting myself believe. And... The, the next day I woke up with a, a weight off, like, okay, I, I am ready for a new chapter. Um, this one didn't even feel like chapter one was done yet. And it felt like we had a great book to write still with this. And I, I still, like, to this moment, believe in the, the direction that, that Andrew was taking us and believe in the talent of everyone on that roster. Like, we had, I think it ended up being 20 hosts on, on game over. Um, those are my top 20 draft picks if I'm starting something tomorrow. Um, like, each and every one of them, incredibly talented. Uh, Not going to do a draft board, that would be insensitive. But, um, it was... Yeah, it was just, it was out of nowhere, and it was tough. And from a personal note, like, this is, like I said, it's the second time this has happened to me. And I've, I... I it starts to wear on you because I've been a part of a number of things that haven't worked. And that, like, I... That there aren't, that... There isn't much I'm confident in, um, if, if you know me all that well. You, this is kind of a, a no-shit thing. Um, but there isn't a whole lot I'm not, or I, I'm overly confident in. But I'm not unconfident in, in this area. I... I I think I do good work. I, I, I mean, if you're watching to this point, you probably would agree, I would hope, or you are just hate watching 30 minutes into a sports show and I appreciate that nonetheless, I guess. But like, I, I think I'm all right at this and it's, I love to do it. I love doing the, the things like the, the previews here. I love doing things like the instant reaction. I, I love watching stuff and breaking it all down and figuring out, okay, well, I saw X, Y, and Z, so that means one, two, three. I I love this. I absolutely love it. Um, I I don't plan on going anywhere, but mentally it does start to wear on you where you you go morning choking. okay, well, that didn't really work. Um, And then like I I start doing this and it takes off. And then um, in part, because my attention was elsewhere, uh, this starts to to fall off and I'm I'm starting to build it back up and the the numbers are growing, which is great to see, but it's not, growing in the way that i want it to and so that this has not it's not something i would characterize as success as a success yet and so there's that and then it's game over which like in my mind could not fail and it did and it's just it's too many things for it to feel like it's not all my fault at times um and so that becomes really difficult to to stomach and um if you follow my career you know that this is an area i've struggled in anyway, but like mental health wise it is just all over the in place right now and so that's yeah it's just it's really difficult and look like I've been a part of some really really great things too I, I don't want it to just be like well I've been doing this since I was 17 years old and it has just been failure after failure after failure after failure after failure um I, I've been a lot of, a part of some really really great things and there's a lot of stuff I'm really really proud of and it's why, even though I'm, I'm like I'm going to turn 35 this year, I don't dread birthdays coming up the way others do because I feel like I have accomplished a lot here. And like I said, I think I'm pretty good at this stuff. But it does start to wear on you um, in a little bit. But just in closing here, as I just... Uh, I guess I'm using my own YouTube show as a, a fucking therapy session right now. But as uh, in closing, I do think there's a space for something like Game Over to work. And if there isn't a space for the talent that was on Game Over to to thrive, then that is uh, a real, um, a real discredit to the industry because there's some incredibly talented people there. Some absolutely like, superstar rock stars, whatever. That there are people who tomorrow, um, should be on on a national level doing this sort of a thing and breaking these sorts of things down. Um, it, it just like that. I, I I will go to bat for every person on that team. And there is so much talent out there. So it, in closing, again, uh, I guess this is in closing part two, but... Support all of those people, like, go out, like, because there is a lot of smart stuff out there. I, I listened, I'm not kidding, I it, look, it wasn't 100% finish rate sometimes, but I listened to every show that, that we did for Game Over, from when I started to the, the last ones a couple of days ago, and I am a smarter hockey fan because of it, and I'm a, a smarter hockey person because of it, and the, the it, it is entirely because of the hard work that those people put in. So go support all of them. Um... And just support what you like. I, I've said that about pro wrestling before, but th- there's a lot that you cannot like in this media landscape, but there's a lot of really smart people who are out there. So if you see someone whose takes you like, give their podcast a shot. Um, if you see something that entertains you, give their YouTube channel a shot. Subscribe on TikTok. You know, all the stuff I say on here. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. Even when you just see one of those things, it just, like, lights you up for the day. And it also helps support a lot of people who are doing a lot of good work. So, um, that's it. Yesterday really, really sucked. And I'm not over it, and I probably won't be for a very long time. I I hold minimal grudges. Um, I'm not like, ah, burn it down or anything like that. Like, completely understand the decision that was made um which i would have known the situation a little bit earlier so not that i was like not that i was doing stuff to fail and oh well now let's start succeeding but yeah i just i wish it had gone differently i am stunned that it didn't and uh will we'll, onward and upward right uh including with this show so that's going to do it uh thank you all so much for tuning in today uh remember rate review subscribe wherever you can please uh, you can like this video, subscribe to the channel. I desperately need it now. I got laid off yesterday. This is part one of Fights and Football Friday. This was the football. Part two, gonna be the fights. Uh, so we're gonna get into that here in a little bit. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in and I will talk to all of you later. Have a great day, everybody.